The scripture reading for this morning is Acts chapter 3, verses 17 through 26. Please stand for the reading of God's word. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaimed these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, it may not seem like it from the sermon text, but we are beginning a series on Joel this morning. Joel was a prophet in Israel in the 8th century BC. He was one of the first in a roughly 200 year span of prophets whose prophecies focused on Israel's exile and restoration. Now, some of you may be asking, why study Joel? Right? What does a guy who lived roughly 2,800 years ago have to say to me? And it's, it's a fair question. After all, who do people tend to listen to today? It's the influencers, right? The social media influencers, people who are mainly, you know, young. They hold a screen up to their face and, and they say a lot. But at the end of all, all of it, what they're basically saying is, here, am I, here, here I am, you know? The prophets, the biblical prophets were, you know, have long since died. They don't hold up a screen to their face. They hold up a mirror to our faces. And they say, thus saith the Lord, here he comes. That's not a message that's popular today. And neither are the messengers for that matter. So when we study Joel, we're actually doing something that's profoundly countercultural. We're going to the distant past to listen to people who have long since died, to tell us about things, some of which have come to pass, but some of which have not yet come to pass, in order to know how to live our lives now. And that's where Acts chapter 3 comes in. In Acts chapter 3, uh, back at the beginning of the chapter, it's 40 days after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, which is one of the fulfillments of Joel's prophecy in Joel chapter 2. Peter and John, uh, disciples, apostles now of Jesus, were going up to the temple to pray, and they came across a man who couldn't walk, a man who had been lame from birth. And Peter healed him in the name of Jesus. And the crowd, this crowd in Jerusalem, primarily, probably exclusively, Jewish people were amazed when they saw what Peter had done. And, and when Peter saw their amazement, he basically said, why are you surprised? You've got the prophets. Right? They, you, you know the prophets. You know what they've written. 
Why didn't you listen to them? Now, they could have said, hey, the prophet stopped writing over 400 years ago. 400 years. Nothing. What do they have to say to us anymore? And, of course, you know, for us, it's been 2,400 years since the prophets stopped writing. Some 2,800 years, possibly, since Joel first wrote. So, why should we listen to Joel? Why should we listen to the prophets at all? And Peter actually tells us in this passage three reasons why we should be listening to the prophets. First, because their words are all about Jesus. Their words are all about Jesus. Secondly, their words are written for us. Their words are written for us. And then third, their words will all come to pass. So the words are all about Jesus. The prophets speak of Jesus. Their words are all about Jesus. Their words are written for us. And their words will all come to pass. That's where we're headed. But first, let's pray. Heavenly Fathers, we come before you this morning. We do pray that, that you would pour out your spirit, or that you would enable us um, by your grace and your grace alone to receive what you have for us through this, your written word. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so first, their words, um, they pointed to Jesus. They were all about Jesus. Peter says as much in Acts chapter 3. If you look at verse 18, Peter says, But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. At the end of verse 20 and the beginning of verse 21, we'll, we'll get into this passage a little bit later, but Peter says, that you know, Repent, that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus and then verse 21, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. And then down in verse 24, we read, and the prophets, all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaimed these days, these days in which Jesus um, had, had ascended into heaven and, and his people were awaiting his return and all that his return would bring. Peter says this same thing in 1 Peter, in his first letter that he wrote. In verses 10 and 11 of chapter 1, 1 Peter, Peter writes this, Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. The prophets all point to Jesus. Peter in Acts 3 here, as he was talking to those you know, Jewish people that were around him, in 1 Peter, as he wrote that letter to the church in Rome, was simply reiterating what Jesus had said after his resurrection to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24, verses 25 and 27. Jesus said this, and he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. All that the prophets have spoken, was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning themselves. And then a little bit later, verses 44 to 48 of Luke chapter 24, Jesus said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. So during my earthly ministry, before the crucifixion and the resurrection, Jesus is saying, this is what I taught you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be 
fulfilled. Again, the prophets all point to Jesus. According to Jesus, the only way to understand the Bible is to see that it's all about him, that all the Old Testament books point to Jesus, to his suffering, and to his resurrection. And Peter, in Acts chapter 3, like Jesus, is emphasizing that these things have come to pass. And that was one of the tests for prophets in the Old Testament. Did the things that they prophesied actually come to pass? Prophets in the Old Testament were both foretellers and foretellers. As foretellers, they revealed the word of God that was spoken by God to them. God's word to the people for the present, they foretold. But the prophets were also foretellers. They spoke what God said to them concerning the future, the revealed will of God for the future. They were foretellers and they were foretellers. And so the test was, and this is from Deuteronomy 18, verse 22, did the things that they foretold come to pass? And if they didn't, even just once, they were a false prophet. If the batting average for a prophet in the Old Testament was a thousand, or they weren't a prophet, right? No prophetic batting average acceptable other than that. So, what are some, what are some of the prophecies concerning Christ from the Old Testament? Let me just read a handful. Numbers twenty four seventeen says he would be from the line of Jacob. Isaiah eleven one says he would be born from the family of Jesse. Micah 5.2 says he would be born in Bethlehem. Isaiah 7.14, that he would be born of a virgin. Psalm 72.10, he would be worshipped and given gifts at his birth. Jeremiah 31.15, a king would murder children in an attempt to kill him. Isaiah 11.1, he would be called a Nazarene. Psalm 78.2-4, he would speak in parables. Jeremiah 23.5 and 6, he would be David's kingly heir. Zechariah 11, 12 to 13, he would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver and a potter's field would be bought with the money. Isaiah 53, 7, he would be silent when accused. Isaiah 53, 12, he would be killed with criminals. Isaiah 53, 5, he would be a sacrifice for sin. Why listen to the prophets? Because the prophets point to Jesus. The prophets speak of him. But secondly, the prophet's words are written for us. They're written for us. The prophets. The prophets were men who spoke for God to people facing exile about a future restoration in order to foster their faith. That was like the job description for the prophets. They spoke for God to people facing exile about a future restoration in order to foster their faith. But which people? Which people? Acts 3.25 says the children of Abraham. Take a look at verse 25. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And so the prophets were speaking to Jewish people about an exile that they would experience or were in the midst of experiencing long before Jesus Christ arrived on the scene. He was speaking, the prophets were speaking of exile and of a restoration, of a return from exile. But in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, Peter, the same Peter, calls Christians exiles. 
He was writing in 1 Peter to those who were sojourners and exiles in a land not their own. He was writing about the end of all things and a future restoration in order to foster faith among the people of God. So to whom were the prophets writing? To Jewish people facing exile or to Christians in exile because heaven is our home? And the answer, of course, is yes, both. How can that be? We can spend time unpacking so many passages in the New Testament and the Old Testament, quite frankly, that point to that. But just a couple to reference. In Romans chapter 11, the Apostle Paul says that we have been grafted into the olive tree that is Israel. And in Galatians chapter 3, Paul says that it is those who are of faith, those who put their faith in Jesus Christ that are the children of of Abraham, that have Abraham as their father, that are among those in which the families of the earth are blessed. And so the words of the prophets are for all who trust Jesus for their salvation, either those from the Old Testament that were looking forward through the sacrifices, all the types and the shadows of everything to do with Israel to a Redeemer that would come, or those of us on this side of the cross who look back to the Redeemer who has come and will come again. So the prophets, the words of the prophets are for us, but the Bible actually goes a little bit further and doesn't just say that they're for us merely in the sense that we can learn something from them, but they're for us in the sense that they are given for our encouragement and to foster hope in a very unique way. So Paul in Romans uh, chapter 15 verse 4 says this, whatever was written in former days, he's talking about the Old Testament, Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And then Peter again in 1 Peter 1 verse 12 said this, it was revealed to them, to the prophets, that they were serving not themselves, but you. Again, he's talking to Christians. In the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. This, this message of the prophets is the very word of God, and it's for us in a very personal way. Now, you know, kids, think of your favorite book. Not just kids, kids, adults, think of your favorite book. Don't, don't say the Bible, because you're going to break down the illustration for me. If you say, second favorite book, right after the Bible. Now, you know, think of what if an author, the author of that book, had written you a letter personally addressed to you, your name at the top, his or her signature at the bottom. And in the letter, he or she unpacked how he or she had you in mind as they wrote that story that you love so much. How amazing would that be, right? I mean, you'd love and cherish that letter, and it would would cause you to read the book in an entirely different way. Well, that's how it is with God's Word. God's Word is His very letter to us. It's both. It's both the letter and the story directed to us for our encouragement and for our hope. The words of the prophets, they all point to Jesus The words of the prophets are for us. It's worth studying the prophets for those two reasons. But there's a third reason, and that's this. Their words will all come to pass. Their words will all come to pass. The the significant theme in the prophets, all the prophets, you know, from Isaiah all the way through to Malachi, 
all the prophets, the significant theme has to do with the coming day of the Lord. The coming day of the Lord. As we study Joel, we'll see how there's a, a partial fulfillment of the coming day of the Lord with the coming of Christ, and that the, the, the fulfillment of the coming day of the Lord will reach its climax when, when he returns. We'll see that as we study Joel, but you can see that as you study all of the prophets. The prophets all say that the day of the Lord will bring both judgment and restoration at the same time. Both judgment and healing of the nations, both judgment and blessing together at the same time. So Joel, when we look at Joel, we'll see Joel speaking of judgment. He describes it in, in terms like the valley of decision, not the a valley of decision in which people are there deciding whether or not they're going to believe in God or not, but the valley of decision in which people are there and God is deciding over them. Judgment is being rendered concerning those who will face his judgment for all eternity. And yet, Joel will also speak of restoration at the same time. The threshing floors will be full of grain. The vats will be overflowing with wine and oil. That which the locusts had eaten have been restored. Both these things are held out together at the same time. Not just in Joel, but in all the prophets. And it's held out together here in Acts chapter 3 as well. In verse 21, Peter speaks of that time of restoration. Verse 21, he says concerning Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. So there's the time of restoration. Peter's unpacking this for his listeners. He's unpacking it for us. But he also speaks of this time of judgment in verse 23. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. So again, here in, in the very beginning of the Christian church, with, with the very beginning of the preaching of the gospel, was this link to this Old Testament um, a, a picture, a, a prophecy concerning the coming day of the Lord. And that day, when it comes with the return of Christ, will bring both judgment and blessing at the same time. There's a, um, a, a playlist, a Gospel Coalition has a, a playlist on Apple Music concerning, um, it's, I think it's just titled Songs About Heaven. <laughs> and, and one of the songs in it is uh, Harry Belafonte's version of In That Great Getting Up Morning. In That Great Getting Up Morning is an African-American spiritual that historians say were most likely was written by a slave in the pre-Civil War era. Harry Belafonte's version of that song begins with, with two lines that absolutely capture the reality of the coming day of the Lord. In that great getting up morning, it's talking about the return, the resurrection, and judgment. And the first two lines of that song go like this. I'm going to tell you about the judgment. Fare thee well, fare thee well. That's, that's, that's the song. In that great getting up morning, fare thee well, fare thee well. Hope it goes well for you. Harry Belafonte begins, let me tell you about the coming judgment. There's a better day a-coming. Both of those things are held out in that song, a song written by those who were in slavery, in bondage. Let me tell you about the coming judgment. There's a better day a-coming. In a sense, that's all of our song. We're, we're waiting for that better day that's a-coming. And the opportunity now is given 
to turn away from that day of judgment, lest it be for us a day of curse and not a day of blessing. So how to respond? How to respond in light of the coming day of the Lord? First, listen to the voice of the true and greater prophet. Back in chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, Peter said this, Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him and whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. He's referring to Jesus. Jesus is the true and greater prophet to whom all the prophets in the Old Testament pointed. All the prophets spoke for God. They said, thus says the Lord. Jesus spoke as God. He said, truly I say unto you. God at Jesus' baptism said, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And Jesus is the prophet who was raised up in verse 25, you are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your father, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Verse 26, God having raised up his servant, sent him to you first. Do you hear the word play there? Moses said, God himself will raise up a prophet. And Peter, after the resurrection, after the ascension, after the outpouring of the spirit said, that prophet has been raised up from among the people, up from the very grave itself. So listen, listen to Jesus. Because all the, all the prophets spoke of him. All the prophets said, listen to him. Listen to Jesus. But then secondly, as Peter says, repent. Look at verse 19. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out. It's very interesting. The passage began, and now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance. You may think, well, if they were acting in ignorance, how could they be culpable? They were culpable because they had the prophets. They were culpable because they ignored, they failed to take to heart, because their hearts were hard, the information that they had at hand. And so consequently, they did not see Jesus for who Jesus was, because they had set aside the words of the prophet. What about you? Will you set aside the words of the prophet? We are culpable. You are culpable now simply because you have heard these truths that I proclaim from you to you. Will you or will you not repent and receive the forgiveness of sin, the blotting out, the washing, the cleansing that we all know that we need, that that coming day of the Lord would be a day of blessing and of restoration for you and not a time of being cut off. Peter promises that, the, that with repentance there will not only be sins blotted out, but times of refreshing. And we'll, we'll unpack more of this when we get to Joel chapter 2. But that time of refreshing that Peter spoke about in verse 20, it began with the outpouring of the Spirit at Pentecost. And God continues to bring refreshing, seasons of refreshing through his word as he works in us by his spirit, individually and corporately. Times of refreshing are offered until that great day of restoration that is, in fact, coming. So why listen to the prophets? Their words all point to Jesus. Why listen to the prophets? Their words are all for us. Why listen to the prophets? Because everything they said will come to pass, and they're here. 
are here for us in this precious book that is the Bible. Wendy and I were watching the uh, coronation of King Charles, um, and, and there was that point in the ceremony when that Bible was presented to King Charles. It's a Bible that was crafted, put together just for him. And, and the words that were spoken when that Bible was presented were this. Sir, to keep you ever mindful of the law and the gospel of God as the rule for the whole life and government of Christian princes, receive this book, the most valuable thing that this world affords. Here is wisdom. This is the royal law. These are the lively oracles of God. We've got them right here. Attend to these things. Attend to the prophets. Attend to Joel. It'll be a hard word to hear, but it's a good word nonetheless. Let's pray. Father, as we embark on this study of Joel over the next uh, several weeks, we do pray that you, would, um, that you would be our teacher by your spirit, that our hearts would be enlarged with love for you because of your love for us that's found in every page of scripture, including pages of Joel. We ask all this that your name might be glorified and that we might be built up and grow in our love for you and for one another. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.